Good afternoon, humans out there trying to survive in the wilderness of the lost beasts of forever forgotten world. You are deep in the forest of despair, maybe. You're wrestling with the tigers of anxiety. You're being stalked by the wolves, the wolves of fear. stalked by the wolves of fear. And if you are being stalked by the wolves of fear, it is Saturday afternoon, right around 5.20 p.m. here in Utah on August the, I can't believe it, let's just double check, August the 28th, 2021, if you can believe it. And I am sitting here in beautiful, sunny, foggy, cloudy, misty, strange Utah, just like you're sitting out there someplace. And if you're listening on a shortwave radio, this is WRMI out of Miami, Okeechobee, 5950 kilohertz, Saturday, Sunday night, 11 p.m. till midnight, Eastern Standard Time the Planetary Status Report, so you can figure out what's going on, man. strange days. I have a list of topics in front of me, subjects, topics, things we can discuss, and I am burnt out, and I am tired, and I'm furious. At the same time, I feel like I need to talk to somebody. And I I don't know, maybe, I don't know. There's only so much you can say to the people close to you, wherever you are. And there's only so much you can say to a dog. And I don't know, my cup overfloweth. I don't know if you see it the same way, but I don't know. If you told me that a spaceship is arriving on Tuesday, if you told me that a starship named Love is arriving on Tuesday, filled with... 80,000 beautiful women, all of them meant for me. I don't know. I mean, that would be great, right? But I don't know. If you said a volcano was about to explode someplace in, I don't know, Sweden, and it will open up a crack in Sweden that will release the ancient Norse gods, and Thor, and Hoglebeck, and Grungdor, and Klesi, and Loki, and Helka, and Helki, and Blinkus, and all the ancient Norse gods, even the ones you never heard of. And they'll rise up out of that crack on Wednesday, and they'll start eating people, and eating babies, and eating people while they're making babies. But I don't know. I mean, that could happen, and I'm not sure how I'd feel about it. It's Sweden. I don't know. The Taliban are jerks, right? That's what they tell us. The Taliban are monsters. They're jerks. And ISIS is in Afghanistan. ISIS, the movable pawn. The movable game show, ISIS, they magicked themselves into existence in 2014 in brand new Toyota pickups with, you know, NATO mounted 50 cals and M60s carrying NATO 
chambered 556 carbines. Isis, right? And maybe Isis traveled through time. Like maybe all of those NATO style weapons, they didn't come from the CIA. No. They didn't come from Mossad or the State of Israel. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Maybe, in fact, all the weapons that ISIS came up with in 2014, kind of magically, maybe all those weapons came from seven years in the future. Maybe there's a time tunnel in Afghanistan, a time mountain like in that German show that's really dark called Dark. Maybe you go into Time Mountain in Afghanistan. You can go back to someplace else like Iraq, maybe. Like 2014 wasn't that great. Because I'm happy. I'm really, really happy. Yeah, maybe, right? Go back to the year of that happy song. I'm so happy. Everything's great. I drank my Kool-Aid. I'm taking my Xanax. The the whatever happened with the great financial blimp doc. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. 2014. And then, you know, magically into existence. But what if the ISIS forces of 2014 are really time travelers coming from 2021? That would explain so much in ways that I just don't know. If you told me that there wasn't, yeah, that very, very soon, a nearby universe, another dimension right next to ours would be revealed. Like we could go there by going into a box, you know, your name gets called up, you, you get an email from your other friends that went into the box, you go into the box... You go to the other universe. You get to live there forever. It's a one-way trip, but you'll be happy. That's what your friend's email said. And, and yeah, what if sometime in the next few weeks they'll reveal this and they'll put these phone booths on every corner and you know what? Everybody you know that goes into the booth, you get an email a couple days later saying it's wonderful in, in universe X-ray alpha dash 712. We're having fun on the beach. We're drinking drinks, you know. Um, It's just so great. You should, you know, when they call your number, you should go into the phone booth. When they call your number and they say, you and your family get to go down to that phone booth. And you get to go to the other universe. It's a one-way trip. know I don't know that's where I'm at on everything if you said how are you feeling I don't know how does an unexploded grenade feel left on a battlefield someplace ignored you know discarded incomplete and yet in no way with a desire to find that completeness How do you say that? I don't know. I don't know why people are acting so crazy. It occurred to me today that the next kind of crazy might be dogs are racist. Think about it. Think about it. They're going to come out soon. They're going to tell you dogs are racist. And the most racist dogs are those German dogs. And of all German dogs... The most racist German dog is the Hovavort. The Hovavort, you look it up, you spell it, buddy. It's a German farm dog. And it's the most racist. Dogs are racist. Dogs hate people because of the color of their skin. You see that dog barking? Yeah. 
That's a hate crime. That's a hate crime, barking dog. That's a hate crime, barking dog. That's a hate crime, dog owner. But I don't know. Maybe dogs aren't racist. This is also possible. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I kind of think dogs might be on the autistic spectrum, but then that's kind of a jerky thing to say, so I don't know. They're right around cartoonists and racists, you know. I love dogs, but they got some weird stuff going on. They seem to migrate be kind of between a kind of almost reasonable and rational sentience, and then every once in a while they go into this mode of, I am the wolf, I am the hunter. Oh, there's a skunk in the field. That skunk looks good. Eh, I don't know. A lot of people talking about doctors as heroes. Doctors are the heroes. Nurses are heroes. All these healthcare heroes. But I don't know. I've worked around hospitals. I've worked around the healthcare system in IT. And I've seen certain aspects of it, both clinical and financial, from a data perspective. But I've seen it. And what I saw was a lot of corruption. I, I saw a lot of deliberate inefficiency. What I saw was a lot of lies. And so when people paint these hospitals as these good places that, you know, do right by patients and blah, blah, blah. Listen, 10 years ago, the number was somewhere between 100,000 and 200,000 preventable mistakes leading to death in hospitals in America every year. Most of those, ding, 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 hospital-acquired infections, like fungal infections, uh, hello, Seattle Children's Hospital, like MRSA, hello, Harborview, huh? you got stuff growing there, baby. You've got various single-celled organisms, you name it. Hospitals are breeding grounds for some of the most advanced microorganisms that have ever existed. If you wanted to create the ultimate biological warfare lab, you would simply build a hospital. They are currently and have been designed and engineered to foster, sponsor, and to proliferate viruses and bacteria and all kinds of nasty fungal spores. But you, and again, you, you know, doctors know this. People that run these places know this. They know that the hospitals are flawed, but they care more about their jobs. When Microsoft Amalga was more or less foisted upon a lot of hospitals back in 2010 as a result of another stimulus package, the Obama 2009 stimulus package, it it had a it had a kind of a bad effect i would say upon healthcare data there were some kind of terrible outcomes it was a very badly engineered system and the infectious disease reporting that was intended to be reliable could not be shown to be reliable or timely and this was at least several weeks where this was true and it probably remains true if they're still using that terrible system um but you want to tell me, and again, doctors knew they cared more about Microsoft. They cared more about President Obama. They cared more about the BS politics than about the patients. So if you want to tell me about doctors and nurses as heroes, I have too many personal experiences and too much data that I've looked at that leads me to believe that maybe doctors and nurses are a little bit more ethical than like prison guards or those dudes that run the rusty, rickety roller coaster at the carnival. Maybe they're a little more ethical than that. But I don't know. Because people say I'm full of crap, Dan. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. You know, hospitals are fine. The Pokemon plague is fine. It is a Pokemon plague. It is a bunch of dummies walking around, their phone telling you, go left, go right. The phone says, 
Go get another mask. The phone says you can take your mask off. The phone says get vaccinated. The phone says you need another vaccination. The phone says go to that booth, the one that takes you to the other dimension. Because you got an email and you got a text and you got a Facebook update from your grandpa telling you it's really great in that other universe. Everyone's happy and having barbecue. Of course, they can't come back and visit. That's just not possible. But you can visit them. You just have to listen to your phone. And when your phone tells you to go to that booth with your kids and put your kids in the booth first and then you go in, you make sure you do that because your phone told you so. And don't you believe in science? If your phone tells you to take a, a nail and shove it in your ear and then take a hammer and pound the nail into your brain, would you do it? If your phone told you to load up your car with gasoline and put your all of the people you love into the vehicle with you, maybe it's just your cat, and it tells you to light up a cigarette and drive towards that cliff at like 100 miles an hour, Your phone told you to, right? Your phone, your iPhone, your Android said, your tablet said, go to the booth. You'll get a chance to see the people you love. They are already there. Didn't you read the email? Didn't you see the text message? Didn't you see the Facebook update? They're on the beach at a barbecue having fun. That's where you need to go. Because your phone told you to. But I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys, folks, when it comes to the magic of technology. They, they say, they do say, or at least some people say, that, and I don't know how to put this, but there are people that say that you can't, well, get drunk in Utah. Like, you can get diabetes, you can, you can get the sugar diabetes, or rather, what I call the sugar herpes. You can get the sugar herpes when you drink too much in Utah, but you can't get drunk. Oh, but I know you can go to the state-owned liquor stores and get the whiskey and the proper beer that has percentages defined by what's possible. But if you just go to the grocery store or the Maverick or whatever Chevron down the street, you're just going to get the beer that, I don't know. But I just don't know. You see, if there's a pattern here, if you've noticed, I just don't know. Um, my buffer, my reality buffer, let's call it my reality buffer, but I don't know. My personal reality buffer, that space in which I put the news and the friends and the dogs and the craps I take, and the food I eat, all the stuff that fits in there is kind of overloaded. And most of it has to do with stuff that I wish I could just keep out, but no matter what I do, it creeps back in. This project I'm working on makes it impossible for me to completely disconnect myself. I wish I could for the next six months. I wish I was wealthy enough that I could simply disconnect myself. I wish I could... Just say, world, take care of yourself because you're doing great. You're doing great. I don't think there's anything people can do. You're talking about 
a massive amount of force, a massive amount of energy in the system. This isn't just about the United States. This isn't just about banker cabals or the Illuminati or whatever general theory of assholes you follow. This is about so much tension in the system, the world system, at every level, that when it snaps, it will be, if only in the spiritual sense, one of the biggest earthquakes ever. Like, even just in the spiritual sense, when it breaks, when that tension breaks, it'll be a thunderclap felt in the collective unconscious. It'll be a tidal wave felt by every soul. And I don't know what it is. You know, I have friends who say to themselves, Dan, I'm nearly certain it's it's revelation, it's the end, and people have different versions. I have friends with one version of what it looks like. I have friends with another version of what it looks like, but I simply don't know. I don't. You know, I come across prophecy in the Bible that talks about boiling seas, and boiling seas show up a lot in unfulfilled prophecy. But then, you know, maybe it's not related to the first part. Maybe it's related to a thousand years later, after the Millennium Kingdom, after the Lord lets out Satan for a little while to do some mischief or something, but I don't know. I don't know. I know that I believe in God. I do. It's crazy, and it's it's completely inexplicable. If I sit down and try to reason it out, I, I come up with answers that make as much sense if you don't have a God. But I do. I believe in God. And I'll say that one of the reasons why I believe in God is I have found the answers provided by just the materialist view of the world. The answers provided by that world in my adult life have been unsatisfactory. And that's the nicest way to put it. It's either we're incrementally drifting towards evil or we're incrementally you know, doing okay. I mean, but there's no real sense that anything can improve or not improve. Everything is sort of predestined. We've been fed a future that we were told has to happen. It's kind of like that Fukuyama guy. You know, you may not be aware of him, but he was the guy who came up with that whole history has ended. Endism, Francis Fukuyama. I forget where he teaches, I think John Hopkins or something. But even though it's completely outrageously stupid to say something like that, no matter how smart you might think you are, the very idea of history ending is silly. Um, it really is. But that was what, what I was sold back in the 90s. Like, we've achieved the perfection of the modern world and all the secular solutions check out and everything's going to be great. And then... 9-11. And 9-11 and was so shocking that I'll admit, for a couple years, I had to believe it. It wasn't that I wanted to. It wasn't so much that I did. But I had to believe, like so many other rational people. That's why I kind of understand the people that have to believe COVID-19 is a little bit real. Because once you let that go, you have to embrace a very dark possibility that not only is your government um, stealing from you, but it's taking those stolen resources and it's using them to plot against you and to, and to essentially gaslight you, to manipulate you, to conduct psychological warfare against you, and you're paying for it. Your tax dollars, the inflationary destruction of your value through printing money, all that put together means you're paying so they can screw with you. And people have a hard time getting to that point. They don't want to believe. They want to believe their votes matter. They want to believe if their party is in power, things get better. <sighs> They'd rather believe the lies because the truths are just too scary. But back in the 90s, they said everything's getting better and everything's going to be great and everyone's going to be happy and everyone's going to get everything they wanted. And I look back now at the things I believed and I think, Dan, you're so stupid.
I understand. I get it. I get why you went in the military. I get why you adopted that kind of libertarian slant as a kind of Republican, whatever. I get why you went through those mental gyrations, but Dan, didn't you have eyes to see? Didn't you have ears to hear? Lord gave me those back then too. But one of the first great lessons I learned in this life is that it is in fact easier to starve oneself, to go without food, even water, than it is to let go of a bad paradigm, a bad model of the world. People will starve to death, and it's hard to believe, but really this is how cults work. People will starve to death. People will commit suicide. People will become monsters in the name of these crazy cargo cults. And I don't care if the cargo cult is communism. I don't care if the cargo cult is fascism or Jim Jones crap. I don't care if the cargo cult is the whole American banker empire house flipping Home Depot crapola. People will destroy themselves before they give up the lie. Americans are not ready to be told they're not free. It sounds crazy, but I think it's basically true. A lot of Americans are in shock. They know what they're seeing. They're seeing their government at war against them. They have become the enemy. A lot of Americans are simply in shock, and it doesn't matter the political caste, but they're nowhere near ready. Not even close to being ready to embrace or accept what's really going on. And most of these people will go through every stage, every Kubler-Ross stage in about a day, and, and that's really fast. You know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, and do that in basically 24 hours, or maybe even faster because they might be running for their lives. And so they will, they will have to take that paradigm, that world, that social security check, that flag, that vote, that senator, that medal they won in some war someplace. They're going to have to take all of that and put it aside if they don't want to die. And I'm telling you, I think that's best case scenario. Like the idea that there's a, there's a, a likelihood that we'll somehow vote ourselves back to normal at some point in the future or things will somehow get back to normal by printing more money or printing less. It's all a joke. It's falling apart. It's falling apart because it has to. It's not free enterprise. It's not freedom. It's an abusive Stalinist joke and it has to go away. But I don't know. I don't know, man. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. I was going to say Halloween is right around the corner. It's like two months away, right? Almost. Halloween is two months away. And if you were to ask me, Dan, what do you think of when you think of Halloween? And I think to myself... I can't even remotely tell you. I can't. What do I think of when I think of Halloween? Halloween 2021 seems like an abstract vision of the future. Almost as bad as watching that cartoon, The Jetsons. Like, if you said to me, Dan, what is Halloween 2021? I don't know. I got a better question. What is Black Friday 2021 look like? People don't care about Thanksgiving any longer, but let's talk about the religion of the state. What does Black Friday look like? Because it is part of the religion of the state right now. What does that look like this year? You know, is it angrier? Is it scarier? Are more people desperate? Are there more things on sale? Imagine. Imagine Black Friday 2021 at Target. 
You've been waiting in line for seven days. You've been waiting in line in a tent. You've been promised something special. Something really nice. You've been promised something really, really nice. If you wait in line at Target for Black Friday 2021, you wore seven masks, you got 20 vaccinations, you even got that new vaccination that they shoot into your into your junk. You got that new vaccine they inject into your junk. You've been waiting in line because you know what your your daughter or son or whatever, you know what your child wants for Christmas. Mommy? Yeah, honey. Can I have good old Mr. McFimbles? What's Mr. McFimbles? Mommy? Yeah, honey. Can I have Mr. McFimbles? Mr. McFimbles is a cuddly, lifelike French bulldog. If you push a button um, underneath his chin, he'll make some random funny noise and do some funny trick. He'll even fart if you want if you want Mr. McFimbles to fart. That can be really funny, but the gas is technically an industrial solvent, so it will give you cancer, but <laughs> It's 2021 and your kid wants Mr. McFimble, so mom or dad, man up, cowboy. You've been waiting in line. You've been waiting in line for seven days. You've been waiting there in the cold, surrounded by mold, getting old. You, you've been waiting in line and they open up the door and all the scrungly beasts and the Torbeck folk, all the Dinkus realm man-eaters and the flag wavers and the scrunk dicks and the, the blue lives matter gondozoids, all of the fire truck followers, all the, the cop shop obeyers, all the the Fringus slaves and Drinkus lords from Sector 33 are waiting in line at Target. The line stretches for three miles. The cops are using machine guns to control the end of the line. It's madness. It's crazy. But your kid wants Mr. McFimbles. The little cute French bulldog toy. Lifelike, right? It rolls over. It plays dead. <laughs> it plays dead. Don't you wish you had Mr. McFimbles, the lifelike French bulldog toy that makes little noises and does little tricks if you push the button underneath its chin? They open the door to the Target. 
people try to swarm around you, but you you elbow your way in. You step on an old woman. As you step on her face, you say, damn you and all of your heredity children, whatever. Your family tree is screwed. I am the warlordress or warlord of Black Friday. That's what you scream at the old woman you crush as you run in. You push aside a young family with a baby. They go, they get hurtled into stacked up artisanal glass. It's madness. You can see it in the distance. In ILD, it's Mr. McFimbles. You're running for it. You run really fast. A woman with a cast, a broken bone is in your way. You toss a, a can of WD-40 at her skull. It cracks open and all the people nearby feed on her warm brains. But you get Mr. McFimbles, you grab two, you'll sell one on eBay. You get Mr. McFimbles, the lifelike Frenchie, the robot doggy, the little furry animatronic thingy that represents all your self-loathing. Because it is Black Friday 2021. And you expected to fly there in a rocket ship. You expected to go there in a time tunnel. You expected to have a dress of diamonds. Mine from Asteroid Bravo 2. You expected a future of freedom and joy. But what you got is Mr. McFimbles and a lot of dead people on the way there. A lot of dead people. But I don't know. I mean, I keep saying it. A friend of mine sent me an email the other day. And, it, and, it, and it's in the notes, so if you got this off the web, you probably somehow hooked into the notes. I will be giving up on SoundCloud soon, but guess what? The notes in the podcast are always posted there, so it's just as good to listen on my website as it is to listen on SoundCloud. You know I'm banned from YouTube. Screw you, Susan Wochicki. Wherever you live in Planet Blah Blah, I hope there are Frenchies hunting you at night. Anyways. But yeah, a friend of mine sent me um a friend of mine sent me an email and it had this really interesting advertisement, clearly not real. But it looked like some old-timey advertisement. You know how didn't they used to put like didn't they used to put thorium in like toothpaste? Because of science because of science, at what at one point, they x-rayed your feet if you bought some shoes. Because of science, if you had tuberculosis, they'd have you breathe radium. <laughs> and I think the radium did kill the tuberculosis, or in some cases created super tuberculosis, but it definitely killed the patients. And science said, well, okay, but we didn't know. You see, this is the thing you need to understand about morons that say, I believe in science. You don't really know what you're saying. Actual science is just a tool. It's a tool for understanding the world. 
okay? It is a method for interpreting reality. It can yield positive results. Many people, especially people who study this philosophically, would say that it's not even about truth. It's simply about what we would call facts, you know, observations. It's not even about truth because truth itself is too squishy to fit within the realm of science. And believe me, scientists will always use the excuse we didn't know. The first hydrogen bomb test, understand this, the first test of the first hydrogen bomb by the United States on Iniwetok Atoll was originally estimated to be maybe half, you know, half a megaton, I think, 500 to 600 kilotons, maybe up to a couple megatons. But the actual weapon yielded between 7 and 10 megatons, and that's the estimate. They don't really know. Could have been bigger. The thing is, a bunch of natives, they told, oh, you'll be safe over here, natives. It's just going to be a little firecracker. Yeah, you don't need those sunglasses. Stare at it. That's what our Nazi paperclip scientist wants you to do. Please, natives, stare at the fireball but you're safe where you're at. Actually, they ended up in the fallout because of the fact that they didn't estimate the bomb correctly. They, they, their estimate was off by hundreds and hundreds, you know, really, yeah, probably a thousand percent. I mean, it was just really bad. And this is a hydrogen bomb, brothers and sisters, okay? So this fits in the same category as, oops, is that a pandemic? Um, it does. So when people say things like, Dan, don't you believe in science? I do believe, and, and the key word here is believe, I do believe the scientific method is a pretty good way to understand physical reality. I'm not sure that physical reality explains everything going on. That is a question mark for me. Not just because I'm a Christian, but because, you know, I'm a bit of a dualist. I always have been. Even when I was an atheist, I was a bit of a dualist. So I'm not sure physical reality explains every single thing. I don't know. I believe science is a great way to understand physical reality. And there are times where we even say a theory becomes a law. Like, you know, people say the law of gravity. There you go. It's a law. But again, it's not really a law in the way that you think it is. It's something that down the road... In fact, maybe it is, actually. Think of it as a law in the way that you might think it is. It could change. It could be amended. It could be extended. The thing is, we have these things we call laws, like Boyle's Law, for example, or the, I think it's the Avogrado, I always get it wrong, that number, that magical number that describes how many atoms of a particular element are in a mole, something like that, I forget. But the point is, we have these things we call laws. And, and they seem pretty certain. But even these laws can be extended and better understood in the future. So you really shouldn't treat science, any part of it, as a belief system. And if someone comes back to me and says, don't you believe in science, I immediately, I can't even have a conversation because I'll immediately want to talk about logic, mathematics, observation, things like double-blind testing and anonymous, anonymous testing models when it comes to social, scientific, or biological experiments. There's many things you need to do correctly if you want to do science right. Um, I am not convinced that any of the people involved in this, again, if you want to call it a fiasco, I don't believe anybody involved in the COVID fiasco is doing the science right. I think there's a lot of fraud and you might say it's just to sell vaccines, but I, I just don't get it. Don't you understand that's like saying, well, they're just selling a poison. You know, they're selling this poison to make money. Because again, if the, if the vaccine has no purpose, it's poison. It may not be very much poison. It might not kill you. But simply administering a vaccine to millions of people is going to guarantee some percentage of people die. And I have to ask myself, is that worth it? 
it, I, I've, I'm, I'm already out of wind talking about the suicides and the businesses that blew up and, and more or less the futures that were destroyed by this Pokemon plague, by this make-believe thing. But if, if the vaccine is BS, some percentage of people will simply die as an allergic reaction. Is it worth it for someone to make money to kill a bunch of people? Is it worth it for you to care? Is it worth it for me to care? I will say this again, and I will say this again, and I will say this again. A lot of people, especially in the United States, are going to go through every Kubler-Ross stage probably on the same day. They might even have to do it in 30 minutes or less. And it is going to be jarring. It is going to be difficult for a lot of people to deal with it. A lot of folks believed the lies. They believed the lies and that was their world and they would die before they would give up the lies. They would see other people destroyed before they would give up the lies. But what they never prepared for was the fact that the lies would be shown to be what they are and that the system that they protected in their own heart was disappearing, going away like all these wretched systems do eventually. They turn to dust. They are destroyed. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing has. If someone's selling you, this time it lasts forever, well, okay, they might be right, but history says they're wrong. But I don't know. I don't know why so many people spread the fear of the state. There might be things to be concerned of, concerned with, concerned with, concerned about. There might be issues you should be concerned about, and there's no reason to add more fear. But I don't know that the government has any of the resources to do any of the stupid things they're threatening. Could they do it on a small scale? Could cities become snake pits and that kind of horrible 1950s style, whatever, you know, insane asylum, bedlam hell. Is it possible that they could do more of this BLM Antifa, seal in the juices and treat everybody, especially the taxpayers, as pieces of crap? Could they maybe? Yeah, probably. I think so many people in these cities have given up. They just lay down and they take it or they ignore it and they don't care and they walk by it and they know it's harming people, but they don't care. How many cops do you need to torture a city if the city wants to be tortured? How many cops do you need to destroy people in the city if the people are kind of saying to themselves, I wish somebody would destroy me? How many cops do you need? to keep control of that city if the people in the city in their little pods with their smart devices, ironically named, are basically in their own self-created prisons and they're happy. Yeah, a friend of mine sent me an email with a picture in it. it, it was this picture of an advertisement for cadmium. I, I suggest you research it yourself, brothers and sisters, but I think cadmium is toxic. But the advertisement is like an old-timey advertisement, and if you're listening on shortwave, you would go to dfgtc.org slash show notes, and you pick the right date, and you'll get the right notes. Um, but the advertisement's like one of these old-timey doctor recommends things. And this particular guy is recommending, you know, Arden Weenus meat softener, the only cadmium, cadmium enriched meat softening syrup. So when you say to yourself, Dan, that's not real. And I'm pretty certain you're right. I don't think it's real. I think it's a joke, but still. When I started seeing families putting masks on kids in the hot sun last summer in Seattle, when I saw that, when I saw joggers wearing two masks or more, when I saw people basically victimizing other people through their own self-chosen ignorance, yeah, 
I think a lot of parents in Seattle would take the magical cadmium syrup and, yeah, to soften the meat so it's good for the kid. It releases all the protons. It releases all the vitamins. So, yeah, go get Arden Weena's cadmium meat softener. And you can get the XL brand. Um, it's a little more expensive, but it contains asbestos flakes for fiber. And between the asbestos flakes and the cadmium, it'll be the nicest thing you do for your baby. If the phone tells you to send your child to the wood chipper, the one they set up, right next to Woodland Park Zoo. If the phone tells you your husband is a demon because he won't have sex with you, what would you do if your phone tells you these things? Your phone told you to get good old-fashioned old Doc Flimsy's cadmium-enriched meat softener and to mix that into your squirrel gruel, your rabbit gruel, whatever gruel you got from the gruel store because it'll make it taste better for your b, b b baby Would you go ahead and do that because you're a gumbo freak and a fructus slave, you're a voter, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're a Libertarian, you were once a student officer, whatever, you you support the cop down the street. So if your phone tells you to poison your family, will you? That's a good question, isn't it? Because so far... Phones have been telling people to do all kinds of reckless, stupid, dangerous crap in this Pokemon plague. And just like with that Pokemon Go game, people are going to places in their hearts, in their minds, in their communities that are dark places. And so if your phone tells you to kill your family, will you go ahead and do it? Halloween is right around the corner. You ever see Halloween 3? Oh my gosh, that was a terrible movie. Because it doesn't even fit with the first two films. That's one of the worst parts about Halloween 3 is the continuity issue. It's so dumb. It's just, you have to like, just say it. I just don't like it. But Halloween 3 has a nice little ditty. Bum, 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 bum. One more day till Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. One more day till Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Bum, 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 you know, something like that. And, and yeah, there you go. There you go. If you get an app on your phone that sounds like that ditty, but it's not about Halloween, it's about heading towards the booth. Because they told you, the scientists told you, your family is safe in this other dimension, in this other universe. They're perfectly safe. Didn't you see the emails? Didn't you see the pictures? They look like they're happy. Just go into the booth and you can see them. People would rather believe the booth is real. They would rather believe their phone than believe their own eyes. They would rather believe the deceptions because it feels better. Because there is nothing worse than to admit what that little Qbert game, as I recall, back in the 80s, constantly reminded you. Every time you played Qbert, every once in a while a little pop-up dialogue or, or a little pop-up statement box, what would it say? Everything you know is wrong. Everything you know is wrong. 
And that is one of the hardest things to go through. It is one of the hardest things to admit that everything you know is wrong. There were things I believed growing up that turned out to be total crap as I got older. Some things turned out to be true, but a lot turned out to be false. And then when I went through my final transition with the, oh, the presidential campaigns of 2016, because I was, I used to call myself a libertarian. And then a libertarian running for office, Gary Johnson, said, bake the cake. And it occurred to me, Gary, that's what a king would say, or a douchebag, or a bureaucrat. But a libertarian running for president doesn't say bake the cake. Maybe he says, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's have a conversation. Let's actually see if we can talk to people. Maybe he chooses a nonviolent route to explore ideas. But what a libertarian should never, ever do is tell anybody what they do with their own business, period. Okay? If there was a golden rule to being a libertarian, it seems like that would be one of them. Okay? No, you don't do that. It, it's their own business. Okay, you can have your opinion. I think they should bake the cake. But you don't treat it like there's an exclamation point. So yeah, I, I was once a libertarian. And then good old Gary said bake the cake. And probably because his parents gave him old Dr. McGlimblius's, you know, cadmium meat softener. And that's part of the problem. These meat softeners that use cadmium. The scientists said it would give you vitamin Delta Quad Zulu, but you found out that meant <laughs> persistent diarrhea. Your diet of cadmium killed everything in your intestine. Your diet of cadmium stripped the lining from your stomach. Now you have to drink stuff, you know, that Gwyneth Paltrow... Cells in the dairy section. You know why. Yes, your insides are melting. But it's because of the cadmium. It's because your parents listen to science. They talk about cigarettes. Hey, lucky strike. Nine out of ten doctors say, smoke a lucky before you make love to your woman, Protestant-style 1955 Bo Blimp Doc. You're a traveler through space, but you don't know where you are. You're somewhere near a planet, but it's a dark star. You're somewhere pulled into an orbit. There's a guy covered in fur. He's talking to you on the radio. He says, bleep. You say, I don't know, man. But you sound like a piece of crap, buddy. And that fur ball blows up your spaceship and the Millennium Falcon goes away. And all of this could have been prevented if you just take the vaccine, the one that goes into your junk. If you were just willing to inject your junk with the vaccine, you would achieve oneness with the particles of realm X-ray Delta Y5Z. You would have a heart made of gold. You'd have a wife with a large rack. Just take the junk vaccine. It's a mRNA transceiver receiver, it'll hook you up to UHF, it'll talk to air traffic control, your penis will be an antenna, an antenna of love. 